You're listening to Every Last Drop Podcast. Join me, Danny, Nick, and sometimes Luke as we explore the relationship between philosophy and art. If you enjoyed today's show and want to contribute to what we're doing, visit everylastdroppodcast.com slash contribute. We greatly appreciate your support. Enjoy the show. <laughs> there it is. There it is. The original. It's been a while since we had that. I know. I need to bring it back. Yeah. Bring sexy back. I figured, you know, why not for old time's sake? Yeah. Why not? We got Luke Schrader in the house. Luke is back, although just for this one time, sadly. No, dude, quit college. Quit school. Quit, yeah, quit school. Quit your Give job. Give up on all of your dreams and ambitions <laughs> in life. Yeah. You know, I parked it around the clock the other night, and I was like, holy hell, I should stop everything I'm doing and become a valet. Because right. I parked perfectly within the lines, and really? you know, like the, like the end of my car and the front of my car was just like... You know, there is a valet service here in Valpo. Did yeah, there is. That? It's by the bank, isn't it? On Lincoln Way? Yeah, it's like yeah. by stacks. Yeah, you know? screw that. I'll be self-employed. Friday night my, and my Saturday. My fame night. will blow yeah. up, regardless of Uber and, and Lyft or whatever else. Your fame. Yeah. Your fame as a valet guy. <laughs> <laughs> a celebrity uh, valet. Guys, screw Uber. This guy's this guy's <laughs> awesome. Usually, it's funny because the valet is the guy who parks the famous person's car. So it's like right. Know, it's like a, right. a switch of roles. Or yeah. Something. Yeah, and that's that's part of my marketing technique. You know, yeah. it's unique. Right. Like so it. the va- instead of the celebrity getting the no-name valet boy to park the car, the valet is the celebrity. Right. <laughs> right. And it's... A role reversal. It's a privilege to meet me, you know? Like, wow, you are handling my car. This is... Yeah. Oh my God, this and is life-changing. When he parks the car, he's like, wow, my mm-hmm. car is so much better than this one. <laughs> <laughs> yep. How are you guys? Hold on, we have a cat interrupting us. Okay. That's only going to do temporary. Yeah, that's true. She plays fetch for those of you who can't see this, which is all of you. Yeah. Uh, I just threw a toy mouse into the distance and she went yeah. and grabbed it. It's a and cat now she's who plays back with it already. Yep. So, Hickory, you're going to need to calm down. Yeah. Deal with it. I think cans aren't real. Two cans aren't real. Deal, Deal with, with it. it. That's just a nickism, by the yeah, way. Yeah, something I made no, up. No real meaning to it. Don't worry about that. Yeah. <laughs> Should we post a link for that by. one? Or no? <laughs> no. <laughs> How are so, you guys doing? What's up? Hey, I'm, you know, I'm pretty good. I, very little has happened in my life in the last couple of weeks. It's been really quiet mm. since uh, the new year. and Yeah. Yeah, just real quick before we get into the subject matter, because both of you just came back from Los Angeles. We sure did. Mm-hmm. So we're going to we're going to talk about everything that transpired. Yeah. But before we get into that, this is our first recording in the new year, I I think. Maybe we recorded another time, but It is, you're right. But Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I believe it's the first time we're recording in the new year and it's great to have Luke with us on this on this new year episode here. So Yeah, it's great to be back, boys. Yeah. So happy new year to everybody. It's happy a little new bit year belated but nevertheless we'll say that yeah. so I'm, I'm just curious are you guys into like new year's resolutions and that kind of thing or mm. um, i kind of I was, am I whether that's official like you write it down and you like 
track mm. the progress or or in maybe an unofficial sense like you just think you know this is a new year here's some things that i want to do this year or accomplish this year or just yeah become more regular at or i mean what are your thoughts on that i mean th- there have been some resolutions that i've had in the past that i told myself i was going to stick with and i didn't so i mean I, that's I, everybody though i i know yeah. but i mean I, I i do like the idea of new year's resolutions i do mm-hmm. me um, too society kind of goads me on to a new me every every year because yeah. you know i'm just sitting on the sidelines thinking oh every day is just a day you know christmas is it's a fun time it's a great time to get together but it's just just a day mm-hmm. we still we got to remind ourselves of that but uh the new year's resolutions like everybody else around me is, is doing them and i'm like okay yeah that makes sense just to pick one day and stick with it for the rest of the 365 days that's that ensues 366 sometimes you know <laughs> yeah and those and those pesky leap years right yeah <laughs> not yeah. this one though Right, that was that was uh, last year. Was it last year? Twenty sixteen mm-hmm. was leap year, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> maybe that explains what. No way. Maybe that uh, that slight oddity, that slight yeah, eccentricity or eccentricity. Yeah, I I like eccentricity. Eccentricity. Maybe that slight eccentricity is what explains all of the radical events that happened that mm-hmm. year. <laughs> so many people say the Cubs they won hate... the World Series. Yeah, yeah. it's so... that that leap year. That's that's yeah. the explanation. <laughs> so many good things happened. In 2016, yeah. and a lot of bad things happened. But yeah. for some but reason, that's every year, you know, and, and, yeah, yeah. as if the year has anything to I do know, with it anything. It's, it's it doesn't. Life at all. goes on, and it's so funny how all these people are like, you know, oh, 2016 is the worst year ever. And it's like, you know, I mean, yeah, maybe they, they made a theme of it on the social social media because like people were posting statuses like my personal 2016, and they gripe about it. So my girlfriend. Uh, made a mockery of it and said my personal six 2016 wasn't half bad or which like wasn't too yeah. bad and i just yeah. thought that was great just like shut up you whiner babies it's right it's fine yeah trump's president but it's gonna be all right I promise. Yeah. yeah yeah you know if if you think if you think 2016 was a bad year because trump was elected and we're not going to do on this too long but yeah if that's really the main reason and because some a bunch of celebrities died I would say, come on, that's a little weak. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. if you think a year was a bad year for you, I think it's much more legitimate to say that the reason I think this year was bad was because I had a ton of personal hardship yeah. or tragedies or, you know, I had three of my family members die or I got cancer this year or, yeah. you know, or yeah. I, I lost my house or, you know, something like something really bad like that happened to you, things that happened to you on a personal level. I would buy that 100% and say, yeah, I, I can see why you think 2016 was bad. Mm-hmm. But if you just say it because some like well-known members of the media and people who are in our entertainment who I've never met died and that's why this year was bad, I just go, you know. Yeah, well, which you know, it's sad. People die every yeah. year. Heroes As if die this was the first year. time, like, or be, as if it's the first time, like, you know, Think about this, like, every day, somebody out there loses someone they love. Yeah. You know? Well, at the same time, somebody out there gains people that they love. Like, new people are born, Mm -hmm. and that's, you know, more love into their lives. So, yeah, I I just don't buy it, you know? I feel like if you were to put someone, just like an, an average, everyday person, in the same spotlight that many of these huge stars who have died... 
if you put normal people in that spotlight, they'd behave the same way, and and people would kind of create the same fan base. Yeah, because we all have, as you put it, Danny, earlier eccentricities or eccentricities, you know, whichever one you want. Potato, potato. Exactly, potato, mm-hmm. potato. Exactly. Right, right, right. <clears throat> Tomato, tomato. Yeah. Yeah. You ever heard that one? I didn't think so. I, I never just will again. No, you neologized, Nick. Good job. <laughs> Thanks. So, let, so let's wrap up this little segment. Do you have any personal resolutions that you've thought of for this calendar year? Boost my GPA. That's about it. E- that's about it. That's, that's not, fine. That's, that's not fine. mine. <laughs> yeah, not applicable. <laughs> um, well, a couple. Uh, for one, Danny, the previous um, you know episodes that we had, I want to finish stuff, man. I really mm-hmm. do. I That's want to finish point. stuff. I, yeah. I want to learn flute. Yeah? I should get back into that, yeah. Yeah. You really should. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, uh, I was thinking about this actually yesterday. I want to, and I understand that some months I'm going to fail at this, but I want to do like, I want to write like three songs a month. Mm-hmm. And I'll define that as just the rough kind of sketch of, of a song doesn't have to be the full complete product, mm-hmm. but just the basics, I guess. So yeah. the, the bass instruments, whether it's in a, uh, an, a guitar based song or a piano based song, um, plus maybe a few other elements that are built around that here and there, but it doesn't have yeah. to be the fully produced product. But I, I'm like, you know what? I can do, I can do, I can generate three songs a month. Some songs I won't, uh, I mean, excuse me, some months I won't. Mm -hmm. Uh, This month I'm probably not going to hit that. That's okay. And maybe June is a super busy month for us in December oftentimes. So there's a couple months I might not hit that mark, but there's the other months where I can, where I can. Yeah. At least the reason for not doing so is because you're actually doing something else, not because you're just like, I don't feel like it. You know? Yeah, it's because so I get caught up with my work exactly, life. Yeah, which is excusable a, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, you know. Well, good, good. I'm I'm glad we talked about that because I was wondering what you guys were thinking and yeah, is it all I, music related? I, huh? Oh, did you go uh, over yours yet? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I kind of for me on. it is because that's my main thing. But Nick, yeah, what's yours, Nick? I want to make at least one film, whether it's a ten minute short film, whether it's a one hour film. I want to finish a yeah. film and. Um, I also would like to, like Danny said, write some songs, whether it's make an album, make it, you know, one song a month, one song every three months. I want to write music again and finish those songs that I start. Let's, let's help each other write meet mu- these guys. Let's be accountability partners for each other. Yeah. Okay. Wh- whether it be contributing my two cents on the lyrics you write. Or you, Danny, yeah. if if I could just give it a listen and say, "Oh, this sounds cool here." Yeah, just, just be that discerning. Discard this shit here, you know. Just be that that uh, that discerning kind of uh, critic for me, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll just yeah, just run by everything. And as for me, be, I would practice flute daily, but it blows. Oh, come on! You know, no, you're not getting it. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, nice. your, your head was in the gutter, wasn't it? All right, on to, on to the main discussion for the evening here. So, Hey, you. Yeah, you. Who's listening to this show right now? 
I bet there's a good chance you aren't following us on social media. Let's fix that. Look up Every Last Drop Podcast on Facebook and like our page. Find us on Twitter at ELD Podcast. And find us on Instagram under the same name at ELD Podcast. So won't you do me a kindness and follow us? Do it now. Let's let's just take it from the top. Why were you guys in LA? What'd you go there for? What was the whole point for that? We went to LA for the 2017 Los Angeles WhipCon. WhipCon. What this is, is it's a bunch of people from the United States and outside of the United States coming together. And whipping each other. (laughs) No, 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 no. (laughs) And celebrating, uh, you know, just the art of whip cracking and whip making. Mm -hmm. And I um, have been into whip making for six years now. Wow, has it really been that long? It has been. Wow. Yeah, the time flies. Mm. But yeah, it was, Luke and I were actually, you know, we were aware of this event. This is probably the third or fourth one they've actually had in Los Angeles. It's Mm -hmm. uh, put together by uh, a guy named Adam Winrich, who is a world-renowned whip cracker and whip maker. Most famous, I'd Easily say. Easily number yeah. one in the world oh, yeah. for what he does. Yeah, I would say. He, he's humble in the fact that... In the, yeah, he says he's not, but he is, you know, whether or not he likes it. Um, but yeah, this, this was something that we knew about, or that I knew about for a while, and I just never really, you know, could commit to, like, spending the money to do it and just going, you know, almost all the way across the United States. But really, I was actually, really quick here. Was money the number one reason that was holding you back? From going? Uh, mm, probably in the past years yes you didn't go. it probably was and it was just maybe a little bit of fear fear just kind of, yeah. yeah no just see the, that's kinda, what that's what i would yeah i would i would tend to say i don't think it's the money i think it's the fear it was probably yeah it was a combination between just kind of the fear i'm kind of a shy person to be because honest. even the money being an issue is is about fear you calling a yeah. penny pincher and a pussy <laughs> Jeez, we're just deprecating you, Nick. I'm not so in sorry. the not in the least. I'm just saying that fear is what holds us back. And I think for those years that Nick didn't go, concerns about money are usually rooted in fear. Fear of yeah, you know, where's my provision going to come from if I spend it here? Blah blah blah. Yeah. And uh, fear of I would say apprehension. It's a it's a bit more mild. It's fear when I when I think of fear, I just think of him like his knees quivering and like him wetting himself at the terminal or something like that. Which which but like uh, apprehension. Happened. It's like <laughs> fear doesn't uh, always look that. Should way, I do this? Look. Like everything's calculated. You know, like ah oh, man, uh, if I do this, let I'll, let, let I'll me. Be broke. I'll I'll explain. Yeah. What I mean by fear is just kind of it's just, what you said is it's part of that. It's part of like that's a long way to go. You know, um gonna be out there and you know the people that i met you know fortunately and i'm I'm very thankful that they were very genuine down-to-earth friendly people towards me mm-hmm. every last one of them just really showed a lot of like i don't know like love for a fellow whip maker slash whip cracker which was awesome but like when i was thinking about going i the the uncertainties i had were like are these people gonna like, are they even going to like me? Like, I don't know. They know about me. I know about them. But what are they like? What do they like to just talk to one-on-one? And I wasn't sure, you know? And it was an uncertainty that I had. Yeah. And yeah. then, you know... You know... Mind if I interject real quick? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because Nick and I have been to a few smaller whip cons, if you can call it that. Or whip whip nicks is what we call them. 
Like we went down yeah. to Indy that one time. Yeah. Uh, there was one it, kind of close this at this park mm-hmm. area, and it the L.A. Whipcon just drastically different from any of the Whipnicks we've been to. Yeah. And I'm not bashing them. They were still really fun and mm-hmm. kind of uh, delineated the fan base. Not of, just of in the whips. fact that it was bigger, right? Right, mm-hmm. right. It was yeah, exactly. But the thing that distinguished it was like the Whipnicks. They were cool, but a lot of people from every type of why you use whips came there and and explaining that further everybody pretty much everybody at the the la whipcon this year 2017 la whipcon Mm -hmm. was because they were all there for specific reasons and and these specific reasons being making your whips for recreation making your whips for aesthetic aesthetic purposes yeah. mm-hmm. and making your whips for performance like yeah like uh shows and uh precision whip cracking all that stuff yeah. whereas the whipnicks kind of had that crowd that comes along with that kinky aspect right. to mm-hmm. the whips the like weird dsm kind of the non-vanilla <clears throat> let's be honest it's that's weird stuff yeah, yeah. I, I can't fathom it. And yes, by by definition that I can't fathom it, it's weird. And none sure. of the folks that were at the LA Whip Meet participate in that Joliet, yeah. Illinois right. Whip Meet. That's why it, which it, was, kind it of was such a connective moment for you, I think. Yeah. Because everybody there was not only professional in their in their trade, yeah. they they had the same goal. They had the same purpose in mind for whips. Yeah. And it's just it's a showy thing, it's performance, it's a yes. talent. That's the thing. It's a talent. Whip making and whip cracking yes. in an artistic style. Mm-hmm. Like these were true whip enthusiasts. Yes. yes. And and mm-hmm. they're they For were sake. they were world renowned, just like Nick. Well so they, they all connected on, on a very similar level. And maybe it's just your ilk of people, whip makers and whip crackers alike. That's just you exude kindness and uh you know Yeah. Yeah. Happiness. There's, For a, those there's of you, a fondness in the community. Yeah. 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 For yeah. tender fondness. For those of you who are a little confused of, of you know, the whole whip thing, um, what this is is it's just a it's a convention for people who are into cracking bull whips. Um, it's it's kind of a fine art, really. Mm-hmm. Um, cracking and a it whip. is an art form. Yes. Uh-huh. And also the craftsmanship. If you if you've ever seen the movie Indiana Jones, um, the whip that Harrison Ford uses, um, it's it's actually a very detailed uh, instrument. It's it's very strategically put together with leather and. What this is, is it's a group of people that come together, they share their ideas, they share their different whip cracking mm-hmm. techniques, and um, it's just a fun weekend of, of just a bunch of friends who get together, a bunch of people who meet each other and immediately become friends, even if they never met, which is what happened to me, you know? Yeah. Just to be with these people who share the same, you know, tiny niche yeah. yeah, I mean, you, you know? want to talk about a niche? Oh yeah, this yeah. is this is the niche of all niches. That, yeah, niche, <laughs> yeah. And it's just it's there's some there's this feeling about being surrounded by a bunch of people that love this very peculiar, tiny little fraction of of everything yeah. else in the world, and you you both love it. It's like your friends right away. Right. Yeah. Now. Yeah. As sort of an outsider to this, uh-huh. I'm going to play the role of the casual observer and just maybe ask try to think of some of the questions that the casual observer might ask yeah. Ooh, and i'll play the role of the dominatrix it's gonna be fun <laughs> i don't know how we'll play that out right now but <laughs> nick go grab a whip <laughs> whip shop please no away. please <laughs> please 
Okay, so the first question is, why in the world do people like this? Why are they mm, into it? I'll give an answer. Well, well, sure. Why would somebody gravitate towards cracking a bullwhip? So what? Who cares about that? I think the first, the first uh, reason that people are drawn towards it is because it's something that's just it's something you don't see every day. Yeah. It's something weird. It's like this dude's swinging a rope around and it's making a sound, a loud, sharp crack. What's causing it? You know, why, why does swinging it in that particular fashion cause it to make that sound? It's just something that's like, I think a lot of the times we're drawn towards something that we have never seen before. And we just, we want it, we're, we're drawn to it because it's like, it's weird. Yeah. You know, it's like, What? It's a, it's a whip. There's, there's like, a fascination like, with yeah. with something that's yeah like foreign to you. It's or very foreign to you. It, it looks unusual. It's interesting. Yeah, it's just uh, it's unique. I guess. Yeah. So that's for for cracking whips. Now craftsmanship is a whole other story. When you when you you're move going in, to a whole other level when exactly. you go to craftsmanship, right? Now you just upped it a notch. Yeah, you've learned how to crack a whip, and you're like, wow, you have that sense of satisfaction of of learning how to do something. And then now you're holding the whip in your hand and you're looking at the way this thing is made and you're like, you, you develop a whole nother appreciation for it. You're like, wow, you know, this knot took this guy, you know, three hours to make. I was, I was talking to uh, Adam Winrich and he was showing me one of his recent uh, whips that he made and the knot on the end of the handle, he said it took him three hours to make. Just unbelievable, strategic, just unreal hmm. how precise this knot was so now you're you know you're holding the whip in your hand and you're seeing the different patterns and it's kind of you just get a whole new appreciation for the craftsmanship aspect of it you know it's kind of it's a work of art and then you not only appreciate using the whip but you appreciate you know the time that somebody spent to make it so i would say the artistic aspect of cracking it using the whip and also making it so the time that somebody puts into it is is another reason. Yeah, Luke. What about for you? You're you're not as involved as Nick is in whips, but you're more into it by default, I'd say, than I am. So right, what's and, your and it's apropos to say that my explanation is very similar to Nick's, but it's much more simpler. It's mm. much more simply put. Um, Go for it. I think a good analogy is is you know when you're a kid, you light the firecracker. You throw it away from your face, and it blows up, and you're like, oh, my God, that was so awesome. That crack, that that pop. Yeah. yeah. When you crack a whip for the first time, it, it takes a certain skill to get to that crack. Yeah. And it, yes. that's a, that's, you can compare and contrast that lighting the, the little firecracker and, and cracking a whip. Mm-hmm. And once you, get that, once you get that down, once you crack a whip for the first time, it's just it's such a satisfying feeling. Mm-hmm. Just knowing that you are responsible for a tiny little tassel going the speed of sound, breaking the sound barrier, yeah. and making that noise. It's kind and, of an extension of your body almost, would you say, when you crack a whip? Do you feel like it's kind of like... Uh, no, moving on. No. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in a sense, you know, okay. if I was like trying to picture myself as like an octopus or something, and I was like a tassel or something. Yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, and just seeing other people, seeing like Adam and uh, Leo and, and Nick oh, yeah, and, Leo. and Todd Rex just go, just volleying back and forth, just doing it like, I don't know, 10 times a second. It's yeah. just, 
that crap like it's just you're like wow this takes skill yeah this is this is not just some stupid little uh esoteric thing like this is something that like if 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 you crack a whip you become hooked and you like every anytime you see a whip you're like oh my god i want to try it out as if single-handed you know using just cracking one whip isn't hard enough which mm-hmm. it is difficult to learn how to do, you know, some of the fancier cracks. Some of these people are out here cracking two whips, one in each hand, and they're cracking these whips and they're doing these different routines. And they'll go behind the back with one, over their head with the other, <laughs> crossing the strand or crossing the, uh, you know, the the whips together without tangling them. And it's just unreal seeing these, like you said, Todd Rex, who's. Mm-hmm. Um, this 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 guy who's an unbelievable whip cracker, and he's he he can do backflips while he's upside down. He'll crack the whips, both whips, and both whips at the same time. He'll he'll crack them, throw one in the air, catch it behind his back. He's just unbelievable. And Adam Winrich is the same way as far as two handed whip cracking. And Leo Leo Maxwell, the little kid, you know, he's like thirteen years old, and he can do it too. And just unbelievable wow. to see these people, you know. So now, yeah. Luke, you said it's not esoteric. What do you mean by that? Do you mean that anybody who picks up a whip and learns how to crack it by someone who already knows teaching them or whether they figure it out on their own, like that's all it takes to appreciate it or yeah, enjoy like, it? Like Is if that you what walked you mean? up to a person on the side of the road and you were like, or you took a survey of like a hundred people in Chicago and you'd be like, what do you think of whips? And uh, they go like, oh, I don't know. It has like a sexual connotation. And like it does, if, unfortunately. If during that same survey, you teach that person how to crack a whip, they'll appreciate whips so much more mm. in their lives, and it'll be like an accomplishment for them to have cracked that whip. Huh. And they'll view it as such. They'll view yeah. it like, oh, I did something cool. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I made that thing crack, and it. Yeah. Especially when you tell them, "Hey, did you know that that crack is?" That's a, a sonic boom. Yeah, that's you a just sonic broke boom. the sound barrier. Yeah, when, when a fighter jet breaks the speed of sound and there's a sonic boom, that is the exact same physics that's going on when, a whip, a, break, when a whip cracks. Yeah, hmm. yeah. The crack of an F eighteen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Never thought of that. Yeah, it's now. it's it's like when you light your, when you're lighting your stove, you hear a little. Yeah. That little spark is thunder on a micro level. It really is. It is the same physics. Huh. When you light your stove. It's interesting how those processes are so identical, just scaled down yeah. and scaled up. And we can up. harness yes. them. And the way you harness that yeah. sonic boom is with a whip. Yeah. And if you, wow. yeah, like you said, if you tell people the physics behind it, yeah. they're like, wow, that's you're, freaking awesome. They can instantly become more interested in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's you know, if, if you're into science, chances are you will, you'll find bullwhips interesting. Holding something that's breaking the speed of sound in your hand, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now we understand that this is the appeal. This, this was a destination for whip enthusiasts, people who really appreciate it mm-hmm. for the art form that it is. Yeah, and uh, there's like-minded people. They're sharing ideas mm-hmm. and, and sharing maybe techniques, designs, whatever. Yeah, what did it actually look like in terms of like events or you know like what was. Uh, like, what do you do during... How long was it? A couple days? Um, yes, it was two days. So what are you doing to fill your time during these couple of days? Like, what... Are there events? Or... Well, yes, it, it was It was two days. Saturday uh, was kind of, you know, a meet and greet slash competition. And what happened was on Saturday, we all kind of showed up. 
we all met each other. We we just started cracking whips casually, you know, had conversations with each other. Right. And later on, as the day, you know, kind of moved forward, we we kind of we Adam Winrich, who was the the organizer of this event, he uh, he got everybody to the side and said, "All right, guys, we're gonna go ahead and 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 start. We have you know competitions that we're gonna go through today. If you're interested in signing up for this competition, you know, sign this this paper here. Sign up here." Here's another competition here, two-handed whip cracking. Uh, here's precision whip cracking. You sign up here. So it was kind of a day one was kind of, um, you know, um, you know, meet and greet slash competitions to kind of display your your skill you already already have established in whip cracking. Yeah, and and furthermore, like each competition that was held had a had. Uh, three prizes like bronze yeah. silver and gold prizes yeah and uh you know the the expensive expensiveness of each prize you know obviously rose as you rose up in the uh placement uh ladder mm-hmm. but um what were the prizes uh whips made by very famous whip makers well first place prizes were like like you know masterfully woven right whips like the him. best whips you could find yep and one of the whips was your very own Nick Schrader, right here. Yes, I he, donated one of my whips. Mm-hmm. Was it used as a prize? Uh, it was brand new. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was it? I'm, I'm, no, what I'm saying was it like given away oh, as a yeah, prize yeah, to a yeah. contestant? Todd, yeah. Todd Rex uh, actually won that one. The oh, guy yeah. who does the backflips. Yeah. yeah. Was it a first place? Um, or a second place? I think it was. Did he get first or second? I think it was first. Yeah. Maybe. I believe so. It was first or second place. I think Leo might have won the first place for the double-handed whip oh, cracking. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it yeah. must have been second place. Did he like it? Did he like he the He seemed whip? to like it. Yeah. He didn't seemed. Get, to. Yeah. I hope he did. Yeah. He, he did. Yeah. It was a good whip. I think he did. Yeah. It, it was uh, kind of woven in the image of... <laughs> of That's a funny religious joke. Yeah. Um, it was woven in the image <laughs> of uh, the whip that Nick made for himself and that he made for me going down there for the precision oh, and all yeah, that yeah. stuff. So it, yeah, it's masterfully made. It was a fire pattern, is what it, yeah. that one was. It's really, kind really of pretty. Yeah. yeah. All right, let me steer it back. So we're talking about the competitions, and so just keep going with the how the sure. proceedings were going. Yeah. So yeah, day one was just kind of competitions, meet and greet. Day two was um, set up so that some of the you know the the whip crackers. Um, Adam Winrich, Todd Rex, uh, April Choi, uh, who is special specializes in making and cracking fire whips. And uh, what fire whips are is it's actually a whip woven from a certain material called Kevlar that's fire resistant. Mm-hmm. So you can actually soak this in kerosene or lamp oil, light it on fire, and then crack it. And then it adds a whole nother aspect to whip cracking. You're Some showmanship. This, yes, performance. It's really cool mm-hmm. to see. So day two was just kind of, you know, clinics set up for, you know, you could pay and then they, you know, they would sit down with you and kind of go through very, you know, uh, very detailed, you know, uh, explanations of how they, you know, build whips. Did you participate in any of that? I did. Yeah. Luke and I, we signed up for the fire, April Choi's uh, fire whip clinic, mm-hmm. which was very informative. She, t- It was meant to only be two hours, but... Um, she actually was very thorough, and it was about three and a half hours of her wow. just explaining, which was... Yeah, and there's no such thing as too thorough. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it could have gone on longer, but it was just, it got so late, you know. Like you had to cut it short. Yeah. Forced to. Exactly. Yeah. So that's pretty much how the two days went. 
Nice. Yeah, in between, we were just visiting the, the sites, you know, mm-hmm. Hollywood sign, uh, yeah, delicious restaurants, Hollywood oh, yeah. Boulevard, and all that, all that jazz. Yeah. Cool. But you stayed pretty much in that general vicinity, right? Yeah. And ventured much further out. Yeah. Or, yeah. We stayed in Hollywood. Yeah, LA is big. Yeah. It really worked out because our our uncle Uncle Frank, who lives in Hollywood, uh, offered to uh, put us up for three nights. So we got to stay with him, mm-hmm. which is very, very fun, very nice. convenient. So, yeah. So those were the two days. Those were them, yeah. What was uh, what was each of your personal favorite moment or highlight of, of those two days? What would you say would be your number one moment? Hmm. Hmm. Uh, two. Uh, one of them was uh, Todd Rex doing a backflip off of the... Uh, uh, Power, yeah, po- power yeah. tower, yeah, high tension wire tower. Yeah, he did a backflip yeah. off of that. It was like ten, well, nine or ten feet above the ground. Yeah. You can find it on YouTube. Todd Rex backflip whips all the, all those keywords, and you'll yeah. find it. But he does a backflip off the tower, and in midair, upside down, he cracks two whips, mm. one in each hand. It was spectacular. And then he yeah. lands it and does an awesome volley. Uh, Nick has videos of it. I think he's gonna yeah, I'm gonna put it together, put of... it on Nick's whip shop on YouTube yeah. or something. Yeah, the second was when, uh, was when it was April Choi's turn to uh, do the two-handed, two-handed whip-cracking competition, and she said, I need to volunteer. So she had this guy come up, and she got on his shoulders and did the cracking up there, <laughs> which was awesome. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Nice. You, Nick? Yeah, I would have to say... All of it, because he's not biased. Uh, anyway. No, no. I, I, disclaimer, go on. My favorite part of the trip was just meeting these people because yeah for example paul nolan of midwest whips not from the midwest by the way no no he used (laughs) to be but he moved out to la but this guy's got a huge whip company you know i was a little bit intimidated to meet paul nolan because yeah you know going back to that kind of fear aspect we talked about earlier yeah being intimidated this guy is just one of the nicest guys you and they all are i'm just Mm -hmm. using paul as an example he's just one of the nicest guys you can meet, you know? He, uh, after I did my little, one of, I, I was finished with one of the competitions that I entered, freestyle, single, you know, handed whip cracking. You know, I, I walk back, you know, around the, by one of the picnic tables and he's like, nice job, man. He's like complimenting me on my yeah. form. And then I, I was like, thanks, Paul. You know, it was, it was, I shook his hand at that point and it was a little bit after and I met him for the first time. And he's like, just talking with me about like, you know, video editing, what he uses to edit his videos. And he's just like, just a genuine person. And just Mm -hmm. making that connection with him and everyone else there that I I knew about and I was familiar with, but I didn't meet in person yet. Just just that feeling was just my favorite part of the trip, you know? Just Mm -hmm. like, yeah, it was just great. These people were very loving. And at the end of the day, you know, you're giving each other hugs. It's just like... Like, I always knew you. I always knew you, man. And you're just like, wow, where did yeah. this come from? It's yeah. like, cause it's because we're all like, yeah, it's like for a moment in time, you experience what it's like for a pretty, uh, a pretty large group of people to f- truly feel united around yes. something, right? Yes. And I feel like the Sense smaller, the, the smaller the niche, the more that people connect. Yeah. You know, it's because it really takes something special for someone to be into this. Yeah. So when you meet a fellow person who's into, mm-hmm xyz thing yeah yeah so, you you immediately know that there's a, 
a really strong potential to connect. Yeah, something so specific, you're going to have other common interests, you know? And I just felt so connected and like I always knew these people, even though I didn't. And just that feeling in and of itself with these people was my favorite part of the trip. Second favorite part of I the like trip that. was, you know, just chilling with my bro, man. Mm-hmm. Luke Luke came with me. Yeah, just to have him along for the ride. Yeah, yeah, and just, you know, doing this with my brother, man. I'm I'm really, <laughs> I had an awesome time with you, man. Yeah, so did I. I'm, I'm really glad you came. There, you know, just hiking up to the Hollywood, or to the uh, Griffith Observatory. And, it was going to be the Hollywood sign. Yeah. But unfortunately, we didn't have... <laughs> Not too time, much right? time for that yeah yeah so we just went to the observatory which was awesome because uh i got a picture of myself like putting my index finger and my middle finger in like james dean's uh <laughs> the, the, his bust, bust yeah, in <laughs> yeah his eyes and like kind of squ- yeah. looking back at the camera squinting because the sun was in my face <laughs> i got that picture from the la yeah. mission trip like all those years ago how many years ago was that like six? Oh, dude seven six or seven yeah yeah and so i i got the same exact picture in the same exact pose we're trying to replicate it that was awesome and then (laughs) you did the same thing in tucson oh my god i I beat myself up for not getting a picture of this but uh this woman this asian woman you know how sometimes like these touristy asians they wear these like these shirts with american words on them (laughs) oh yeah prime example is is one that excuse my french just blatantly says off and just the like i've seen pictures on you on uh facebook youtube no on the internets you know with 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 uh these shirts like that and so this anyway beside the point yeah now i have this, to mark this episode explicit this thanks a lot up, Danny. This, <laughs> this this uh this asian woman at the observatory had a shirt that said computer malfunction <laughs> what <laughs> right like you might as well put like virus or like I'm sick, don't touch me, just something like that, just some even more bizarre. So yeah, Luke and I are trying uh-huh. to get up secretly take a picture. Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> I was posing uh, yeah. beside the the Tesla coil, and Nick was like, get, get a little to the left. Yeah, and he like kept his camera pointing even though I moved. Yeah, <laughs> she's she, like she trying to zoom in. She wouldn't turn around so we could see the shirt. So I was like, it's a little blurry. I'm going to try again. Yeah, and I try to, try, yeah. I, you know how like you make a loud noise and people naturally just turn their heads. And I was just <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> and she just wouldn't turn, man. She was just stuck in her yeah. own world looking at the moon phases or something. Never did get a picture, man. Sad. It's man. in here though. Yeah. Yeah. Up oh, in the noggin. Yeah. Oh, another great part of the trip. We were uh, in between the, <laughs> the, the, the trek to the observatory and seeing april Choi's fire whip workshop mm-hmm. was uh, we went to mcdonald's actually because we were starving and everything else was like really oh, expensive yeah. and this this homeless guy was kind of pacing up and down yeah. like the drive-through line and uh on the cars in front of us he was just like tapping on the windows and just be like hey you got money and i, and I mock i sound like i'm mocking him i am because he's a total dick um so he gets to our car and, he, and i'm just like nick don't don't give him any money we already handed out like twenty dollars in cash to various homeless people you know and this guy he doesn't need it okay so so he gets to our window and uh we keep the window up and nick's like no no no. and then the the guy is just so offended offended and he's like god hates you and just flips us off yeah and just keeps walking yeah i mean you you've got to have a lot of nerve to be begging and he hates himself yeah flip somebody off like that yeah and my comment was like oh yeah god sure loves you 
It's like see you later, prick. It's like God. God would love us if we give him money, but if we don't, he hates us. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, like that, like that Facebook God's post. Like, like that. this, yeah, exactly. if you love God, yeah. ignore this. If you love Satan, you know. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's either hard one way or hard the other way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I gotta incentivize them somehow. I've never seen that before. That was the first time I ever saw like somebody begging, and then just turn around and flip you off. Like I've never seen that in for my not life. giving in to their yeah. nonsense. Yeah. It's like I, I can't afford my heroin. It's like who do you, who do you think you are to do that? Yeah, yeah. What, what a jerk. Yeah. Maybe there's a reason that guy's homeless. I'm just, yeah. I'm just yeah. speculating. But so that yeah, that was maybe. pretty bizarre. I've never yeah. seen that happen before. Oh, but it did. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Nice. Well, I think we got a nice, uh, a nice, nice broad overview of what happened at the the yeah. WhipCon this year. That's right. So you're gonna be making some some video highlights and stuff and that's going to be out on the, on the YouTube. Yes, it's going to be on the YouTube. Nick's yes. Whip Shop on YouTube by the way. That's right. youtube.com/nickswhipshop. Subscribe. Yeah. <laughs> like and subscribe, right? Yeah. If you so, don't yeah. Mind. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, actually I'm going to I'm I'm interested I'm interested to see the highlights, so Yeah, I'll, yeah, you going to subscribe Danny, huh? Yeah, I may as well. May as well. <laughs> You're not may subscribed well. to me already. Yeah, what? kill him. Uh, okay, all right. So yeah, let's let's air our dirty laundry hey, here. You're Nick. subscribed to me in person, in general. So it's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I may not. I might not have a digital subscription to your YouTube channel, but like I subscribe to you as a person. By yeah, like talking to you about it all the time. Yeah, it's just like people saying like, "Hey, like like my picture. Did you like my picture on Instagram?" It's like. Yeah, I just didn't hit the like button. I liked it. I just didn't <laughs> yeah, press a little button. Or like, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I just love it when it's like you tell somebody, hey, I, I really like that picture that you put or whatever. Yeah. Well, did you like it? No. No, I didn't because I usually don't. Well, what's wrong with <laughs> <Yeah>. you? <laughs> well, what? Yeah. Is, is, is me like, would you prefer for me to like double tap something to say that I like it just so yeah. that you can have a higher like count? Like, Is it, that it preferable takes, to me? It, in person telling yeah. you I like it? It takes more effort on my behalf to change my opinion than double tapping with my thumb. So he yeah. should, whoever, <laughs> whoever, whoever raises that as an argument should feel loved in the fact that you actually did yeah. like, it means more than a, yeah. a freaking double tap. I mean, you went tap. above and beyond. Yeah. By telling them in person, you went above mm-hmm. and beyond. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it means more. Do you want to keep up with all of the cool stuff that's happening on Every Last Drop? Head on over to everylastdroppodcast.com to find out about everything we do, from a feed of our most current episodes, blog posts, ways you can get in touch with us, and an opportunity to join our email list so you can get up-to-date information about our latest releases. Haven't signed up yet? What are you waiting for? Go! All right, we're getting a little off track now, so let's let's move on to what I think. To me, this is one of the one of the best things we've ever done on this show. <laughs> it's what and 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 you know what, Luke? Not having you here, there's there's been a, a big giant vacuum in this area. Yeah, dude. You know what? You know what I'm been? talking about? You know what I'm talking? What am I talking about? What the? We're talking about poetry hour. We're talking oh, about the poetry what hour. What do you think we're talking about? The I don't and, know. The you're one sucking and only. Up to me. See, you've been gone so yeah. you've been gone so long. You for, you forgot about. What we do on this show? Yeah, oh. yeah. You don't even remember. I like, thought you what just it was talk. It just ramble on. Burns just... me. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you just chin wag. You know. Yeah. Quad libidificate. Well, we do some of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, on the side, you know. <laughs> yeah, just just a little dab. 
you right. want fries? Would you like fries with that? <laughs> yeah, I would. Okay, yeah. so you got something ready for us? You gonna drop on us? Uh, yeah. Let All me right, see hold that thought. Here, here, you got you got a few seconds here to collect your thoughts. Okay. Okay. This is called Inferno of Apathy. <clears throat> Whoa. Provocative already. <laughs> it's got a good message. He slouches on the sofa. One hand clasps the remote. The other is immobilized in a bag of buttery popcorn. His droopy eyes plastered on the Magnavox, veritably hypnotized, too far gone to take notice of the great fire raging just beyond the window, sweeping through the neighborhood like locusts in a cropland consuming Mr. Freeman's tulips, incinerating the Nelson's garden. He needs a hero, born of the earth, to liberate his mind, to put the pins upon his chair, to bind the yoke to his hair, to smell the thick smoke in the air and actually care. Just think of a world where courage grows on trees, where the megaphone isn't under lock and key, where we proclaim with pitchforks to the bourgeoisie that we are not merely statistics in a ledger, nor a bandwagon of passive-aggressive contenders, that we are victims of ritualistic conditioning, not subscribers to entitlement partitioning, that the fire must be doused and the people must be rallied before the ashes pile up and the death count is tallied. He needs a Virgil to guide him over sticks, a rogue bolt of lightning to dash his television fix, incentive to shun the whitewash the media transmits. Who will point toward the sunshine today and vouch on behalf of sunshine's every ray? Who will look past the pixels and tenaciously say, I belong to the mountains and the mountains to me. From my birth unto my death, I can breathe, I can see. I'll make a promise to the earth. I am yours. I am free. Whoa. Hmm. Thank you. Nice. You want to go first on that one, Nick, or do you want me to give it a shot? I'm going to pick pick this apart in pieces. Um, I feel like it's it's starting off, uh, starting off with a guy who's he's kind of given up on himself mm-hmm. and just on any future he ever had for himself. And... Uh, you know, he's just like, well, I'm just going to stay home and just, you know, do nothing really. And he, when you say I, he needs a hero, maybe he needs somebody to, you know, be an inspiration to him, to mm-hmm. get him over this, to get him outside of this, like, you know, depression maybe, or this, like. What's the title? Huh? Inferno of Apathy. Apathy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, apathy's yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's just kind of like in a steady mediocreness, you know. Yeah, he needs yeah. somebody to get him out of it. He needs like a an inspirational, you know, character in his life. That's what I get out of it. I, th- that's the first part. I'm still kind of processing, processing this. Yeah, it's yeah. Twist. I'm gonna be honest. I'm I'm struggling a little bit with this one. Mm-hmm to fully understand what's going on here. Uh, One of the things that I'm sort of wrestling with right off the top is in the beginning, clearly it's very obvious that this is an apathetic person because he's being a couch potato, basically Mm -hmm. eating buttery popcorn and just watching TV and 
just being lazy and, and, and not caring about anything, including that there's a fire right outside that's destroying everything mm-hmm. and it's going to consume him. Right. <laughs> so what I'm wondering is, is the apathy in the character or is the fire itself a symbol for apathy? Because if it's you don't global, do any, if you don't do anything thing. about it, apathy yes. is like something where if you don't do anything about it, it is like a fire that will consume you. Yes. Hmm. So it's like the fire and it's contagious. Is like the force of apathy. Yeah. You can see it destroying the people and the loved ones around you. Well, well, this guy didn't see it. Right, because he was so stuck in his in his nihilistic. He's under its influence. Yes. Yeah, he's he's like Nick said. He's given up. He's kind of resigned, and he's just watching TV. Uh, and like he needs a rogue bolt of lightning to dash his television fix. Like he needs someone to clasp him, both his shoulders, and just jolt him awake and, and say, right. "Look, look at the mountains. Feel the rain. You know, yeah. sing along with the birds. Don't, don't just delve into technology. Don't fade yeah. away into nothingness." See, that's that's where I I got lost a little bit. Is like what what. You diagnosed the problem, but I didn't. I didn't see a clear resolution demonstration into like, well, what, what, what rescues him, or what's, what is it that that gets Eshul. this person out, out of this trap of apathy? Like, what's rescues him from those claws of Eshul treacherous of death? Just a reset of mentality. Just taking a nature walk and throwing your phone in the ditch. <laughs> Yeah. But this guy doesn't just volunteer to do that. Oh no, he needs a Virgil to guide It's like him something over needs to wake him up. Yeah. We we do before this inferno of apathy so, consumes the whole planet. So those of us who aren't under that spell, so to speak, who aren't Right. Un- the, the who aren't in those have, clutches. The ones who have been debranded, so yeah. to speak. It's incumbent upon them to run into the fire and 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 rescue the guy, get right. him out of there. Anybody who harbors the truth is responsible for being a harbinger of the truth so really it's a it's a poem about truth then really if we get yeah. right down to it like the truth is the antidote yeah the truth or, will or set you, can, you free yeah the, the truths that are in life mm-hmm. okay yeah well, I, I, I like so those. that's what the resolution is yeah. and it's i like how it's not it's not necessarily it's like it's not really plainly in there right i like it's, that it's it's as all of my poetry strives to be, as most poetry should be, it's polysimus. Yes. And there's, but that subtlety, like, I like that in even like a movie that I watch. Like, I don't want it to just, like, I want to actually have to do some work to yeah. interpret what's, what the, what the themes are mm-hmm. or the meaning Precisely. or what the message is. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want it to just be spoon fed to me. And that's what I feel about this poem. Right. You didn't spoon feed it to me. I had to like, do some deconstruction yeah, extrapolate the yeah exactly the knowledge yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's kind of like that uh, uh the, the book of poetry that you were showing me the other night i believe it was oh yeah um who who, who was it it's robert frost yeah yeah it's every single line you can't just like read it once fast you have to really you read a line feel it. and stop and be like okay you know just, just really slowly which which is great. Mm-hmm. Frost isn't like a super duper like complex deep poet, is he? 
Um, I mean, I mean, at least a, not a in terms his, of um, like the language. He his, uses pretty his, simple, plain language, right? Not really. His no. parlance is pretty old style, but uh, I mean, there. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Like a lot of his poetry is kind of simplistic in nature. Yeah, but I think most of it actually is is kind of labyrinthian, where you have to you have to think about it, you have to feel it. That's that's the key to poetry. You have to you have to kind of put yourself in the shoes of the author and try to use your imagery yeah. to experience the 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 emotions that he or she is at yeah. that moment in time. So I mean, yeah, yeah. A lot of them are simple, and some are kind of cryptic. I think that's the beauty of it to kind of meet halfway in between, where you have a specific message as a poet that you're trying to convey to your audience, yeah. but you don't want to just say it. You don't want to yeah. just be like, "Oh, lying yeah, that's, is that's bad." Boring. No, that's no, you, boring. You need to. You need. Yeah, you need to explicate it in a very aesthetic process, right? Mm-hmm. But you want to leave enough. Maybe I'll say clues in there so that you can at least guide yes. them and and put them in the right direction. Poetry, yeah, most of my poetry, I, I hint in the title. Yeah. Like Inferno of Apathy, that's kind of that's my message. Yeah, like apathy is that's the hell, essentially. Mm-hmm. And, and and like the pith of you know of my poetry is is in the titles, but that's not to say it's it's not polysemous anymore. No, the, the meaning, the interpretation is up to you. I, I wanted exactly. to enlighten the people who read my poetry. Yeah. to a deeper, not only a deeper knowledge of of reality and a, and a deeper appreciation for nature, but I want them to find the interpretation on their own, mm-hmm. in their own way. Exactly what I was just going to say. I like how there's kind of a broad, you know, like a general direction where this, yeah. this song or this poem is intending to take you, but there isn't an exact cutout pathway. It's yeah. kind of, you know, it's it's kind of tailored to your own life in a way. Like it, it does mean something specific, but not, you know, cut exactly to you know a certain way it's kind of okay how does this fit your life kind of and i I like that i really Mm -hmm. do like that because it's a lot more people can appreciate that it's not about we all have different lives it's about the journey we all have different yes we all have different journeys i like that Mm -hmm. and your own wherever you're at in your own journey is going to influence the interpretation that you have yeah and that you arrive at exactly but but you don't stay there Mm-hmm. You arrive at a certain interpretation at this point in time, but it's very likely to continue to evolve and yeah, take yeah. a different shape. Exactly. As the mood shifts, so does the meaning oftentimes. Mm-hmm. Are there certain immutable truths or uh, themes that are in your poetry that you'd say would refute that idea that you just said, that as the mood changes these things don't change? Mm. Or do you think all your poems are basically malleable in that way? Oh, yeah, they, they definitely all are. Um, and you want them to be. I mean, s- some are kind of like fables where, yeah, there's there's a clear moral to the story, and it's like, do this, don't do that. Yeah. But, I mean, it's... And those all, are consistent. All of those types of poems that I have are kind of like, they, they kind of delineate a, a truth of morality that kind of everyone knows it's kind of ubiquitous and universal but um as far as like the gray areas yeah it's it's pretty up to interpretation 
Then you're, com- you're, you're comfortable to leave it in that, that space. Yes. That's, 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 that's where you no, want it to I, live. I require it yeah. to live in that space. Yeah. That's, yeah. If my, if anybody, if, how do I say If this? it isn't there, then, then what? What do you mean? If what isn't there? If it's not in that space of, of the gray, do you, do you feel like it loses authenticity or what's? No. It, yeah. I mean, it's just like, uh. Uh, doing a portrait of someone, yeah, it's it's a, a beautiful thing. It's mm-hmm. it's uh, it's it takes incredible talent to make a, a really realistic to paint a really realistic picture of someone's face. But like, it's it's you you, t- you take the painting, you take the portrait, and you look at this person's face, and you're like, okay, they're they're kind of close, you know. But we're we're like, you you know what I'm saying? Do you, do you get where I'm going? I do get what yeah. you're saying. Like. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know how to explain that further. Trying to think about it. Try to rephrase it a little bit. Uh, <laughs> you talk <laughs> while I think about it. Okay. <laughs> uh, so I, I had a thought. It's just uh, you're likening it to an artist sketching somebody's face. Like, so are you saying that there's the details are up for grabs? Maybe maybe there? they see different things in someone D- depending on like. The, the 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 sketch that they that they make of someone you know they they see maybe uh like humor so they'll they'll you know kind of sketch them in a certain way yeah, yeah. They'll, like they'll they'll notice certain traits in the person exactly or, and, every and they'll artist, try to bring those out yes to the forefront yes and and they have every person has more than one trait and different artists kind of bring different uh, uh traits to the surface that others don't yeah you know is that what you're yeah yeah yeah, I guess, yeah, yeah kind of changing my analogy a little bit. Like, think of, uh, like, pay- someone painting a portrait, but it's kind of blurry. You don't see all the details. You don't see how sharp mm-hmm. the nose is. You don't see how penetrating the eyes are or what color the eyes are. Yeah. But yeah. you can see the person smiling. You know it has an optimistic, yeah. uh, kind of a, an optimistic vibe to it. And your imagination yeah. so kind of takes you, care you of the rest know, of it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It yeah. leads you somewhere in a general direction, and then you, as the beholder... Uh-huh. You mm-hmm. fill in the rest of the details yourself. Right. Uh, and another another good analogy is kind of you do kind of. Cor- I try to corner my my readers into a, a certain conclusion, but ev- all of the details are a bit fuzzy. They have to come up with their yeah. own. With you their don't want to fill in those gaps for them. Definitely mm-hmm. not. That's that's like imagination is fleeting. That's why mm-hmm. the Inferno of Apathy was was such a meaningful poem to me. Yeah, because like then you you you're trying to bring out imagination. You're trying to bring out kind of self actualization. And that's like how you guys were saying. I think that's the reason that using analogies in writing and, and especially songs is so important. Yeah. You don't you don't want to make it so obvious. Like I took a left on Elm Street. Or, yeah. You know, you don't want to like say everything exactly yeah. like I did this, I did that, I felt this way. Yeah. You want to leave it kind of open a little yeah. bit. The and most straightforward plain language is, is is like the worst for art. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think of it, we could go for a while on this. So maybe after this thought, we'll wrap it up. <clears throat> so I think, I think that, the same applies to like truth, let's say. Like there's there's almost like a hierarchy or there's different levels to truth. And at the very base level mm-hmm. or most rudimentary, let's say, level of truth. Yeah. 
is what what I what I would call like literal truth or like mm-hmm. a historical truth. For example, like George Washington was the first president of the United States. Mm-hmm. That's true. Incorrect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we have a we have a Washington denier in our <laughs> George Washington didn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> Neither did his wooden teeth. <laughs> so, like that would be an example of that's like a historical truth or a literal truth. It literally happened. Yeah. But let's, let's use another example of a truth. Like it is wrong to steal. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's not like, you can't say like, that's something that's like literal per se. I mean, it does deal with like a real behavior, mm-hmm. but that is getting at a much higher truth, a much higher level. Cause now we're, we've implicated morals. Right. Oh, you know what I okay. mean? I, I would think you'd say lower, because uh, like so, like it's it's harder to no like substantiate. Well, that it's, that it's I'm opening. I'm I'm probably opening up a can of worms by saying this, but <laughs> no, so, I, like, I get why you say higher though. Like, is, is what you mean higher is like it's something kind of relevant today. Like George Washington was years ago, so therefore it's is that what you're no, saying? No, no. Yeah. Let, let, I, let, I let me explicate that. here. Okay, so. Again, this is this is opening up a can of worms, but I'll just I'm just yeah, gonna just do it. I'm just gonna do it. Meant. Yeah. When people talk about the Bible, let's say, okay. Now there are there are some Christians who view the Bible as everything that's in it is literal, exact <laughs> historical truth, mm-hmm. including like when they read Genesis, they would say like, you know, this this is like reading a history book, Genesis. Mm-hmm. This, it's like it's telling us how the world was created, how long it took, blah, 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 blah. And then there's other Christians who would say, no, 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 listen. Every word that's in the Bible is true, but it's not all literal. Mm-hmm. And some people, that just like makes their head explode. Whoa, 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 what? Yeah. What are you talking about? Exactly. Like they'd yeah. say, but if something isn't literally true, then it's not true. Yeah. Okay. So, and I'm not going to go any further with that because, you know, we don't have time for that kind of controversy, but mm. I'll give one more example. When I was in college, when I was a freshman at VU, there's a class that every freshman has to take called core. Have you been in it yet? No, I took two years at Ivy Tech and therefore was exempt. Nice. nice. You're lucky. So core <laughs> is basically, it's kind of like an English class. Uh, it's a gen ed class. Uh, people from every major and discipline are just mixed in and lumped into it basically uh you read books and then you write papers about them and you discuss the readings in class and have discussions and if you've got a good group of people in there it's great but if you've got a group of people in there who either don't read it or they're just boring people or they're just taking core very reticent (laughs) yeah people who are just there to fill a seat who just because they have to and they don't care they're apathetic or um they're just quiet by nature and they don't like to talk much it, mm-hmm. it it ruins the whole experience and honestly that's how that that's how it is most of the time because nowadays college kids aren't much into reading and you know Shame. yeah they're not into the liberal arts unfortunately <laughs> but this class is attempting at least to force kids into it so we read this book called the things they carried and i don't remember the author's name but it's a story about soldiers in Vietnam and just talking about their lives and their struggles and kind of like what a living hell it was, but how they persevered and and so on and so forth. Now, now here's the funny thing that we learned later. 
uh and i it, towards the end of the book is when like we found out this uh because our teacher or the professor didn't want us to know this right off the bat they wanted us to read it and take it in and then tell us this fact about the book and then see how we responded to it here's the thing the vast majority of the stuff that he talked about in that book was wasn't like literal historical things that happened the, mm. so like but he presents it as though it was so he he gives names and characters and vivid stories and all this stuff. He made it all up. But his but what he argues is that just because I made it up, who cares? That that's irrelevant. Just because it's not like literally true or historically true, mm-hmm. this that just because let's say Jim wasn't a real person, you know, Jim Smith wasn't a real person and he never did this and this never happened and blah, blah, blah. That doesn't mean it isn't true. It doesn't mean that so, a similar thing yeah. could have happened, you know? like Yeah, so that's essentially his argument is like the, the ideas that I'm communicating through these stories are true. And that's what, and that's why it's a higher truth, hmm. a higher level of truth. Because some people, and, and when I, at the time, honestly, I've changed a lot. Yeah. Now, I understand where he's coming from much more now, and I actually probably agree with him a lot more now than when I was in the class. I used to think, well, no, if it didn't happen, it's not – how can you say it's true? It's not true. But now I'm like, you know, well, it's not – maybe it's not historically true, but that doesn't mean that, you know, uh, a story of courage is, doesn't tell, teach, tell you the truth about what courage really means, for mm. example. So, you know, I think there's some overlap in kind of how you – to your poetry that way is like yeah there's, there's I mean, different levels to it there's more there's some nuance you know it's not it's not all just going to be straightforward leading them to here's the black and white mm-hmm. because it just doesn't work it doesn't right. work that way it's like this is the gradient from black to white you choose where you are and you and you find out why pretty much yeah and and each and every poem is kind of i'm ballparking where this kind yeah. of mood is like this is kind of mostly optimistic i swear to god i'm not being racist towards the white towards the light there we go and and then this is towards the darkness oh god where it's kind of kind of brooding <laughs> you what? made it that way not no, me not nick you know what you. <sighs> people would have thought i just had to clarify um but yeah yeah that's <laughs> Great. That's, All right. Well, I think I, I think that was really good. Oh, screw off, <laughs> dude. We have a lot of black friends. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Justified. It's justified. There you go. You're cleansed. Yeah. You're good. <laughs> uh, All right. Well, I think I think that's a good place to leave it. I'm 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 fine with just go ahead and leaving before it there we and, wreck it. <laughs> yeah. Let, no, letting let's, it let's speak get, for itself. Uh, let's get more into racism, actually. <laughs> so you know, I I attend so Kautzen, I attend yeah. the I attend the Indy 500. Does that make me a racist? <laughs> anyway, so Stole thanks that for joke listening, from Uncle Frank. Uh, thanks for listening to Every Last Drop. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the show today. We talked about the LA WhipCon, and yes, we, we did. did a, a, I'd say that was like a super duper extended poetry hour because it just morphed into something else i loved it yeah, i hope you guys enjoyed it great time um please again i would ask you if you enjoy the show take two minutes and, and leave us a nice review on itunes mm-hmm. there's some guy i took the time to do it uh, i don't recall his name off the top of my head but thank you appreciate that mm-hmm. so hey, five yes. stars is preferred and definitely suggest <laughs> uh in your five star review that our our slogan should be quadlibetification period and that's it 
because that's exactly what we do. Hey, hey, I've said this before, but I could care less what you write in the review as long as you give us five stars. Five, <laughs> five stars is better than four. Exactly. <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, four is kind of like the minimum requirement. Yeah, but but you know, six like, stars, <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. If you could. Just you could. give give us a five star rating and then in writing just be like, just I'd give type it. out six stars and then yes. just call it a day. Yes, exactly. And everything will be okay. Exactly. Yeah. You'll be rich and famous. That's right. That's right. And then world yeah. peace will ensue. Mm-hmm. Yep. Of course. For yeah. you and your family. All it takes is just one five-star review and then world peace. So yeah. what's what's not the <coughs> Six-star review. Yeah, six stars. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah, and uh, and take a moment to check out our website, too, everylastdroppodcast.com. And, uh, yeah, get involved. So uh, thanks a lot, guys. If you're listening to us on SoundCloud, by the way, this is on iTunes. So do yourself a favor and go subscribe there. Thanks a lot. We'll be with you uh, again next time, all right? See you guys. See you soon. Next time.